All right, we're live. I am here. This is the Wolf Mentality Podcast. This is the third interview I've done, so it'll probably still suck. I need a, a little more practice. Uh, so my new guinea pig is Dan Polzello. Uh, he is a comedian in New York City. Uh, he is brother of my friend Fred Polzello, who I don't like as much. This is my, oh, yeah, which that. actually my first question is, your website is Zello Comedy, but Fred calls himself Zello. There can only be one Zello, so who's the real one, him or you? I'm, I'm so glad we can find it. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad we finally put this to bed. I'm I'm Zello. I'm the OG Zello, and uh, all other Zellos are impersonators who need to be dealt with. So Fred's just Fred then? Fred's a liar. Fred is derf, uh, <laughs> and for him to encroach on me as Zello, is, it's unforgivable. And we haven't spoken in many years because of that. No, we're fine. But <laughs> all right. Um, so since you're a funny guy, tell me a joke. Uh, I don't do that for free. <laughs> that right, is my, answer. that's my go-to response. Cause like people will, um, uh, uh, and like on, <laughs> on dates and shit too. And like, that's awkward. So that's like my, my one out is you like, don't not, have, you don't have one set up. You no, have, like, I mean like there are setup? jokes, but like it's, it would be the equivalent of like, uh, if, if you found out someone was a dancer, just be like, Oh, dance. And it's like, well, no, there's a stage, there's <laughs> lights, there's like, the audience is anticipating dancing. You know what I mean? So like I could give you my best joke right now and it would, it would, you'd be like, huh. But like in a comedy community, it's like you got two drinks in you. You're around other people. They're laughing. You've seen other acts. Like, so it's, yeah, it, it, to, to, it's unfair to ask comedians to do that. I get why people do it, but like, I, I just say, no, I don't do that for free. And then they're like, no, seriously. And I just, and I'm like, nah, really, I really don't want to fucking uh, do that. What's actually funny is when I was trying to figure out like, like what I should ask, like researching some stuff. And there was like some things like what not to ask a comedian that was, it was like that. And oh, what was the other one? It was something like, oh, don't ask how, don't ask how I got my start. Cause everyone starts at open mics. That's a dumbass question. <laughs> so well, like, yeah, but yeah, no, I can, you can, yeah. Cause I'm still in the pro I've only been doing it for like three years. So, you know, if it, uh, everybody's always like, oh, I do it. You're not any good until you're 10 years in. And then by 15, you're like, okay. And it, it's like, yeah, no, I, so I'm three years in. So I'm in the open mic grind and bar show grind. So uh, yeah. Yeah. Isn't that like a thing that we're, I've like from other comedians I've, you know, seen their interviews, they always talk about how it's like more of a grind and there's more of like a, like you got to do your time kind of shit. Like people kind of look down on you if you get fast tracked almost in a way. Yeah. I mean, there's no, everybody, everybody's like path is different. And like, especially the, the landscape of comedy now is like, like we were talking about like, Oh, I should, you know, me saying like, Oh, I should podcast like Jerry Seinfeld never thought about, podcasting right so he was just like you know he was just concerned about like joke writing and shit and i feel like the way that the like comedy climate is now it's like what else can you do like there are instagram people who just make fucking funny faces and they sell <laughs> out like arenas you know what i mean and so like that's one way to do it and you know there's, yeah, there's like uh, more avenues now essentially yeah but like so i've chosen the open mic uh grinded out old school path uh just trying to get like as funny as possible and then like transitioning into you know who knows in the next, I want to just get like five years into comedy and then, you know, re, uh, reassess. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Actually, before we go any further, so this is a new, th I told him he's the guinea pig for this new thing I'm trying. So I told, uh, Dan to prepare two truths and a lie. So let's hear it. So I got, uh, two truths and a lie. Uh, and you got to figure out what the lie is. Oh right? yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I'm going to so figure these, it out. Uh, so I'll present it. These are all true. Uh, but you gotta pick the lie. I think I don't think I needed to present it like that, but here we go. So, uh, played lacrosse in Australia, went shark diving in Costa Rica and performed comedy in Asia. Oh, I actually know this answer. I know you too well, I guess then yeah. surprisingly, cause I know that answer. <laughs> it was, you played in Australia. Yes. I know you just recently went to Asia for yeah. comedy. Yes. So it's whatever that middle one was. The Costa diving, Rica yeah. thing. That was too easy. So the people who do not have my Instagram, they'll be uh, they'll be confused. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I was like expecting like, oh like I won't I don't know him that well, but I guess I do. <laughs> um All right. So you said you started comedy like three years ago, right? Yeah, three years ago in August. So what got it in your head that you should start? Like what was like the catalyst to be like, I'm gonna jump in? Um, I was at a really, sh I'm not gonna say shitty. I was at a shitty advertising job, uh, you know, just like nine to five and like not knowing where I wanted to go. And then, you know, like, uh, I went through a breakup and then, uh, one of my mom's friends was just like, she said like, Oh, 
her name was Maria. My mom was like, oh, Maria's doing comedy. And I was like, you can do comedy. Like I'd never, I'd always like watch comedy and like been interested in it. And my mom was like, oh, Maria's doing an open mic. And I was like, I've n- I don't know what an open mic is. And so I looked into it, realized that like anybody can sign up for an open mic in Manhattan at any point. Uh, and so like on the heels of a breakup, I was like, okay, this is going to hurt. So I want to, what can I do to distract myself? And I like went to one open mic, uh, August 8th. 2016 I have it written down somewhere and uh yeah just went into manhattan greenwich village comedy club they're doing an open mic i signed up online i told my mom about it i was like yeah i think i'm gonna try comedy and she brought out like 15 20 people to see me and this like isn't that like a thing though don't you have to bring a certain amount of people sometimes yeah for bringer shows anybody can sign up to an open mic uh and perform so like if the open mic i'm going to later like i if you wanted to sign up for it, you could sign up for it and go perform comedy like today at 2 p.m. in Manhattan. Um, so I did I did that show, like 20 people, and they were all juiced, and they were all like laughing at everything I said. And I was like, all right, I, I made it. This is great. Uh, I'm a professional comedian now. And then the next night, I looked up open mics in New Jersey and was like, oh, there's one right at fucking around the corner from my house. Like, it's insane. So like I drove there went up uh i was the last person to go up i went on at like midnight uh they didn't turn the tvs off at the bar behind me so people were just like watching tv over my shoulder there were probably (laughs) like three blue collar new jersey alcoholics there i mean it was like a tuesday uh and so i did two minutes of comedy uh got really nervous and like left the stage two minutes that's all you got no like that's all you were able to do yeah but i jumped at like (laughs) I was like, this is really unpleasant (laughs) and got off the stage and then woke up the next morning and I was like, all right, that was like a horrific bomb. But it was like, I woke up, you know what I mean? Like it's not that easy day, like the day still passed. You know what I mean? Like it was, if that's the worst case scenario, then it's like, you're, you're, I don't know why that was what I thought about, but I was just like, even on the worst bomb, you're going to wake up the next morning. Like, you know, a a day is going to. So I was just like, all right, well, if that's the worst that can happen, I'm just going to keep doing this and then sort of start doing it. You know, you, you dip your feet in. You're like, I don't know what an appropriate amount of time, like how many times per week should you perform was like one of the things. And so you start and then it's like, oh, I'll do once this week, once next week. And then you start talking to other comedians who are like enough, grinding yeah. and yeah. it's like not 10 to 15. And then yeah. like you like hang out around more comedians and you're like, no, 20. There's a there's this kid. I'll name drop him because he's like a legend in the open mic community. Usama Siddiqui is like, I listened to a podcast with him and he was like, no, I get up like 20, 23 times a week. And I was like, you do the math. It's like four or five times a day. That's crazy. And it's like, well, okay. if you're, if you're uh, like, we are doing like 10, 15, like even that, like you can kind of just like bounce around clubs, I guess, like in Manhattan hit a few, but yeah, yeah. that's a grind though. Yeah. So day. like this week I will have gotten to. 20 when everything's all said and done so like sunday i like planned out my mics i have like a spreadsheet showing every time that I performed so uh yeah so like this week is a, a 20 performance week so which is like close to the max and like close to the my all-time record but then it's like once you get past 15 i really don't think you get anything out of it like right. there was one night i got on stage and i was like mad tired and i was just like yelling at people and i was like that probably <laughs> wasn't productive like i probably if i'd slept you know, the extra couple of hours probably would have been more useful than getting on stage and screaming at a bunch of <laughs> strangers. <laughs> so do you think like the goal is just to hone your craft and get better? Or is the goal like someone will discover you or is it just like kind of both? I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think the discovery model is old. Uh, I think the people who are most successful now are like building a community, building fans like Patreon and like uh podcasting getting sponsorships that way like i think you kind of have to make your own break now whereas back in the day it was like there's one show and it like the late night what with you know fucking letterman or carson if you get on there then you're made after that you know what i mean like people saw you on that show and then they'll come out and see you live but now it's like there's six late night shows and no one fucking watches no watches them anyway (laughs) they all just become youtube clips so it's like yeah if why go through that trouble if you could just upload your own shit to YouTube? You right. know, like there's like people like Jimmy Tatro who, you he's know, actually, yeah, he's huge now, made his own shit and like started in college. And, you know, that's one way to do it. There's other comedians who are like, you know, fucking the girls who did the Guys We Fucked podcast were like really, you know, 
comedians like grinding it out started this podcast it's one of the most downloaded podcasts ever i was on a show with corinne fisher she was like headlining and i was one of the it was just like a competition so they had like you know six amateur comedians and her headlining and like fucking 40 50 people came out to see her just because she sent a tweet you know so like yeah in, in terms of like am i waiting for a break like i'm just trying to get really good and then you know hopefully like making a project that people can like get behind and like you know who building like a fan base who'd be willing to see me wherever so right and I've, i'm kind of in a position where it's like okay so if you're 10 years in then you're good i'm three years in so i'm not good and then it's like why do i want to release podcasts if i'm not funny yet and so it's a whole big thing i'm just trying to get really good now and then we'll see what happens after that right yeah i feel like it's different now i feel like part of it is kind of it's weird because it's instead of trying to make your stand up i feel like you almost are trying to build other shit and then everyone's like oh i kind of like this guy oh i'll go see a stand-up now yeah. as opposed to like trying to perfect your stand-up yeah you have it's, to it's be weird. like a a personality you know like yeah, crystalia is an unbelievable stand-up comedian which he got first you yeah. know and then on top of that does like a podcast and then on top of that like goes on other people's podcasts so it's like you you kind of like being a fan means kind of like falling in love yeah. with chris it's like oh, well, his Twitter's hysterical and he releases these funny videos on Instagram yeah. and, oh, he's in town this week. I'm going to go see him there. So it's like, right. you got to try and like build up. Like it gets dizzying at some points and it's like, okay, what if I was just like fucking funny first? You know, like Crystal yeah, Lee exactly. didn't start off the first day making a podcast. Nobody would have listened to it. Yeah. So it's like, I'm just, he put it like, you look at enough of these people, it's like he put in five to six years of like really hard work, like, and then jumped into podcasting and then jumped into TV. So it's like, okay, all I can control is the, shitty five to six years so that's what i'm going for now and we'll see if it pays off i'll see you in three years and we'll see if that was the right decision right i was gonna say too so you were talking about like oh trying podcast trying that so is that like what you're trying with your twitter because i follow you on twitter and i see you firing jokes off all the time yeah are you are you test are you testing jokes or are you just like just I'm just trying to make it like be funny? Yeah. And just get it following. I think you with, have a good amount of follow. You have like eleven thousand, I think. Yeah. Right? I worked real hard for all of twenty eighteen to uh I was like tweeting uh multiple times a day, like following people, retweeting people. Like uh with that, I think it was like it was kind of dipping my toe in, like, okay, let me build a following, let me see what it takes to to get that and then uh just practicing jokes like putting shit out there kind of like it's it's about like finding your voice too which is a stupid you know it's like a cliche but it's like okay what are jokes that people are responding to right and so like i'll tweet and if it does well then i'll bring it to the stage and then if it does well you craft it into a bit because you know bits are you know two or three minutes long you can't write a two or three minute long tweet so it's like i'll have yeah. like tweeting is like a premise where it's like you know, here's something I think it's funny. People are like, we agree. And then it's like, okay, now let me bring yeah, it make to a the joke stage. Around that. Yeah. yeah. So that was uh, with that. Yeah. So like uh, I heard somebody say like a comedian without a Twitter is like a rapper without a mixtape. You know, that's so kind it's of like, a good analogy. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. Good. So, I mean, I am fucking around with Twitter in that way. And I think the two kind of feed each other where it's like if I'm focusing on Twitter, I'm also focusing on stand up because yeah, you're kind of doing the same thing. The jokes kind of like cross pollinate. So that's my logic behind that. Uh, follow me on Twitter. Dan Polzello. <laughs> <laughs> I can vouch for him. There are some of them. Are, I laugh pretty hard. Oh, thanks. There was, there was one the other day. I, I should have like had it like them loaded up. There were some that were so funny. Um, did you like, so how did you like actually get the following? Like, did you like, were you tweeting at people or were you just like tweeting and just people? Yeah. Just I mean, with Twitter, it's like, there's a very strong like follow back culture. So I had like a, uh, <laughs> me and my friend, Tom Luciano, uh, we had, he figured out like a uh, Chrome extension that auto follows people. And so we did that where I would, uh, auto follow, I would go to like a successful comedian, follow all of their fans their fans would then be like, oh, you got a notification from Dan Pilzella. Dan Pilzella is now following you. They would check my Twitter. They like my Twitter. They follow me back. And then it was just like, it was kind of like this process of like, you follow a ton of people a day. Some of those people will follow you back. You unfollow the people that don't. Like there's a Chrome extension that does a lot of the heavy lifting for you. But then it's also like, you know, 
anybody, there are Twitter accounts that have 150,000 followers and they'll get like one retweet, zero retweet. So it's like, you still have to have the goods exactly. once they follow you. So, um, yeah, we did, we did a lot of, uh, me and Tom did a lot of heavy lifting, uh, in terms of like following, unfollowing, and then, you know, and then it starts to build and people see your retweets and start retweeting you. And yeah. So, yeah. Cause that's, a, it's different. Cause you're just kind of like trying to get eyeballs as opposed to like people who just like fucking buy followers and shit. Yeah. Like that's didn't... like totally different. Like your shit still sucks. You're just buying followers. That's yeah. just like, Hey, like look at me. And then if it works, it works. You know yeah. I mean? So it's, and it's something that, um, you know, there are a lot of personalities that have done that. A lot of political commentators, you'll see people like with like 250,000 followers, 250,000 following, yeah. And it's like, okay, so they're getting to 250,000 people. It doesn't matter how right. they got to that, you know. That's like, did you, did you see when Twitter did, I, was, I forgot how long ago it was, but they did like the whole thing where they were trying to get rid of all the bots and fake followers. And yeah. then fucking Ray Lewis lost half his followers. Yeah, he lost yeah, like 300,000 yeah. followers or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I don't think shit like that. I'd be interested to see how many of my, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't really look into my, followers to see like am i followed by russian bots like i don't know there no you do be. you get a good you get a good amount of traffic though i think because because twitter is so much different than like instagram you get like 50 likes on twitter on a yeah tweet. that's like that was a fire tweet <laughs> yeah 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 like i think my my highest is like uh i think i probably had like 600 favorite or 600 favorites or something like that yeah. on a on a tweet um yeah twitter's like the wild wild west it's pretty I love it. It's pretty reckless. I, I can't. It. Yeah, I, I hate can't. Instagram. Twitter's so much better. Oh uh, yeah, I think yeah, I think I get more engagement on Instagram, and you know, I don't know. It's constant. You know, you're constantly. You just playing, gotta do like, everything. Yeah. yeah. What are? Yeah. I can't, if you're doing everything, you're doing something poorly. You right. Know? So it's like I got a strong Twitter game for now. <laughs> um, so is comedy like your full time gig now? Are you focusing on anything else or? Um, I am in. Uh, so I do. I have like a day job where I work like twenty hours a week at an autism nonprofit, uh, special needs activity center for kids. Uh, I run all of their, uh, social media, email marketing and stuff. So that like pays the bills for now. And then I have another gig, uh, producing videos for IBM, which we were talking about earlier. So that was, I did a lot of like traveling for that, like traveling to these, I was in New Orleans, I was in Madrid, I was in Singapore. And so we released a sketch that we showed at all these IBM sales conferences. We just released that to the public. And so we would like to do more of that stuff. So that would be a cool kind of like corporate video gig is what we're trying to build up to. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so when you're trying to like, if you're trying to come up with whatever jokes or bits for a set, what's, are you, do you usually try to just sit there and write something? Is it, like you said, the Twitter thing, like if something on, tw on Twitter works, you'll roll with that. But is it just something comes to you or are you like sitting, like I'm sitting down trying to like write a bit? Like, yeah. Like how does like the creative process work? Uh, my creative process right now is I write like two or three times a week, usually sometimes more, sometimes less, uh, usually for like about an hour at a time. And that is just, uh, I call it, uh, it's a stream of consciousness insecurities. So I just sit down and it's just like, all right, I got to write. And then it's like, whatever I'm feeling, it's like, I'm not, and it's just like, it's, I have notebooks full of like manifestos of like things that are bothering me. Things that I'm like, I'm not like, I'm not making enough money. I'm not having sex enough. I'm not, blah, 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 blah. And you're just like, so you, you sit down and you write that shit. And then very occasionally things will, funny things will come out of that. But more often what happens is like, like, for example, one bit that I'm working on right now is uh, I quit drinking for 2018 and like I told my friends, like my friends are all dumb lacrosse players like me. And I told my friend Luke, as, like I said, I quit drinking. And he, his response was, uh, how do you have a drinking problem when I drink more than you and I don't have a drinking problem? <laughs> that is something word for word <laughs> that my friend said to me without any irony. Like the joke writes itself. Yeah. And so like that is in my act. Like that is me just presenting like, listen, this is something that my friend Luke said and he has no self-awareness about this part of his life. Like, and so then I had other sobriety material cause like I quit drinking for 2018. Um, just like really to focus on stand-up. So it's like I have other bits that are also related to drinking. And it's like that bit didn't come first. That was something that my buddy said to me, you know, two years ago that I was doing. And then I started working on this other sobriety material. And I was like, oh, wait, 
this fucking thing that Luke said, even if it doesn't have any bearing, that goes in. And then, <laughs> like, so there's a kickoff joke that I have. That joke is in the middle. And then I have a third joke that is literally a, a similar thing, like something my buddy Steve was drinking, uh, blacked out one night, showed up to work the next morning, has no idea what happened. He had a giant gash on his nose. <laughs> and his boss was like, what happened? He was like, oh, I, I was cleaning my house and an iron fell on my face that's the cra- that's the worst story yeah ever. and then so my response to him was like yeah your boss isn't gonna think he, you're an alcoholic he's gonna think that you broke into macaulay culkin's house <laughs> and that was just an actual thing that i said in response to my friend and so those are two things one thing that luke said a thing that happened to steve my funny response to that and that is now you have a drinking bit you know yeah. so those are all but it's also like sitting down and it's like that story wasn't presented to me like that I had to sit down and be like, okay, what's an essential detail? What's a superfluous detail? Like, you know, write it, rewrite it, see if you can cut out an and, see if you can cut out an if, like, what is funny about this? Like, and then just trying it on stage a million times. Like, the people who understand the Macaulay Culkin reference love it. And like, I've had people, I record every set, so you have people listen back to it and go like, I've heard people say, that's great. Like, laughing and then being like, that's great. If I present that joke to anybody born after '93, yeah, it doesn't. They're not going to know who Macaulay Culkin is, right. like, which any, is sad. Yeah, before <laughs> not, yeah, and then like, you know, would my parents understand that joke? Like, maybe they'd get to it if like Macaulay Culkin, who is the oh Home Alone, like, yeah, for you, you got to know the crowd for right. our age demographic. Macaulay Culkin immediately Home Alone, Joe Pesci getting hit in the face with an iron, like we yeah. make that. So it's about. Um, so those are jokes that aren't in my core twenty minutes. Those are jokes that I'm going to run today again at the open mic i might not i might slip it into the show tonight but i have like um like tried and tested material that has gone through this process that i know is funny in front of everybody that i will present at the show tonight so it's just like taking this idea i think it's funny running it a million times and then being like okay i think this will work in most crowds in most situations and then it bumps up from like working on it to like it's done and i only do it in front of crowds so gotcha. it's a pretty in-depth i can't remember what the question was but. <laughs> oh it was a creative process oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. that's my entire creative process <laughs> I got um so and i just forgot what i was gonna ask um when like when you started i assumed you were like hey i'm funny i could try this but like do you think it's a certain, like, you're born with a certain level of comedy. Like, do you think, like, you have to be born with it, or you think, like, anybody can kind of learn it if you're relatively, like, funny? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think you have to have something that I notice. I think even if you're not inherently funny, I don't know. It's, like, it's different. It's, like, can I play in the NFL? It's, like, well, there are different positions. Like, there's the coach. There's the center. There's the kicker. There's the guy who holds the ball. You know what I mean? So, it's, like, there are people who are born with, like, a different set of skills. I think there are people who are naturally funny uh, who, you know, maybe, like, ride off of the funniness and maybe they don't have, like, good social skills. I think anybody can do it. Like, Anybody can get on stage and make a room of people laugh, but it takes a while to understand why they're laughing. Like I have a friend who is a, he's really, really funny, but he is a six foot five Chinese man. (laughs) You're laughing like just, just, he's hysterical. His name is Jason. He's unbelievably funny. He works really hard. He's one of my good friends. He gets on stage. It's something that you've never seen before, you know, like I talk about like if he was born in the 1900s, he would be Paul Bunyan. Like they would would make songs about (laughs) (laughs) the giant Chinese man has come to town, you know? So like he gets on stage immediately, like that's really funny. I've never seen that before. That's insane. But on top of that, he's also very energetic and he's like, so it's like anybody can get up there. Like, yeah, I think you have to be kind of funny. You have to have social skills. Like if you, if you're funny, but all you do is write on like 4chan message boards and you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and you don't know how to communicate with humans. It doesn't matter how funny you are. You have to connect with right. the audience. So I feel like a lot of it, I mean, granted, I have no clue what I'm talking about, but I would think a lot of it is be obviously you have to be funny, but also like your sense of humor. I feel like you have to under, like you have to know what is funny. Like some people are, I feel like I have friends that are funny, but they don't really get why they're funny. Like they just, yeah. they just act like themselves and they just know it's funny, yeah. but they, you have to like, 
like I feel like you got to try things like you think it's funny, but it might not work. And then you got to like test yeah. it. You got to try and like n- understand what people find funny. Yeah. Like I would say, I, I don't think I've ever been the funniest kid in my group of friends. Like yeah. I can always think of somebody who is naturally funnier than me. We were talking about fucking Coakley before. Ryan Coakley is a, he's a hallucination. He's not a real <laughs> human. Like he does things and you're like, what? Like the stories that I could tell you about that kid, he is one of the funniest kids that I've ever met but like does he understand why it's funny like would he be able to replicate that in front of people that don't know him would he be able to make that funny on a saturday 2 p.m in front of strangers you know so it's like it's not that i was ever the funniest it was like i had a desire to be funnier and like find out why so it's yeah it's just like a process of like self-discovery of like why does this work can i make this work again like you know it's uh it's like it's a I, I sound like I'm talking out of my ass anytime I, I get real excited about comedy. So. <laughs> I sound like that all the time. Though. I get real excited all the time. It's the uh, Guido in me. I oh, start yeah. talking loud and screaming. Yeah. And it's like, stop yelling. It's like, that's just how I talk. Like, I can't help it. So, the yeah. podcast listener can't see it, but we are, we're pretty much boxing with how much hand gestures we're doing right now. A lot of Italian uh, pasta sauce getting thrown around. Um, when... Like, so have you only been, you said you do like some comedy in New Jersey because like you live at, like you're living in North Jersey right now. You've done obviously New York. Like, have you gone, like, have you tried in LA at all or anything like that? No. Like any I've, other big comedy locations? I've done shows in uh, Boston. I've done shows in fucking like West Pennsylvania, like just like farmland. I did a, a show there. I, I did a show in Singapore in fucking february i guess Uh, a lot in new jersey and are these all open mics or are you getting some like so those the singapore thing i was there uh shooting for an ibm conference and then my friend who is a comedian jocelyn was in singapore also and she's like a headlining comedian there and i was like hey do you have any are you doing any spots and she's like yeah come on this show so it was like a booked show she vouched for me i got on stage and just ate a dick for (laughs) fucking 10 minutes like it didn't go well no it did not go well (laughs) can't imagine why like and so you like i went up ate it my friend tom went up he ate it like jocelyn did better but it was just like, what the fuck do you say to people from Singapore? I didn't even know. I didn't even know what it was until I got there. Like I'd seen, I haven't even seen Crazy Rich Asian. So I like went into it like no good movie. Fucking nothing about this place. And my opening joke was like, yeah, so I'm American, dead silent. So I'm like, oh, that usually gets an applause break. Did something happen? <laughs> Dead silent. Like, dead like, silent again. They, so I was like, well, because they probably just hate you. Didn't yeah. They? So I didn't know. I didn't. I was like, what is Singapore's relationship with the United States right now? Like, am I a dick? Am I coming? <laughs> I, like, I just. You, so you like, and I got them by the end of the ten minutes. I got them around to being on my side. I was like doing these like, uh, they liked joke jokes. So I was like, they had like like why the chicken cross the road? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Similar, but like real easy setup punchline stuff. So by the end. Uh, we'd figured that out. So like I ended on a strong note, like a applause break. And I was like, all right, that's as good as I'm going to get. I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> have you ever, what's like the worst you ever bombed? Is that the worst or have you had worse? That was bad. And then this story is not funny, but I continue to tell it. Um, I was at a show in South Jersey and I was like, a friend had referred me to it. And he was like, this show has been going on for however many years. And I get down there and uh, there's four people in the audience. And like for an open mic, I'm like, I'll make it work. But like I traveled to this, like I'd been, I'd been visiting my grandma in South Jersey. So I was like, hey, I'll stop by the show. I went there and it's like a book show, like promoted. And they only got four people out. So I was like already like, eh, okay, this is not ideal. Uh, I get on stage. One of the audience members leaves, uh, takes a phone call, comes back in. It was two couples, two older couples and comes back in on the phone and I was like, ah, where are you bit? You know, like I'm trying, I'm literally (laughs) trying to get them in one quarter of my audience just left (laughs) and then came back in and I was like, Hey, who was that? You know, like trying to be silly. And she was like, ah, my daughter just got into an accident. Uh, (laughs) we should, we should go. And I was just like, so that is at the beginning of my set. And I'm like, okay, I would just stop. You should absolutely leave. Like (laughs) your daughter, but if they leave, the show is over and I can't like this person booked me. So like I was I can't tell them to stay. I could say like, I hope your daughter is OK. Like I, that's hard. I'm sta- like I I 
don't remember how I handled it. But like I just continued to tell jokes and like as soon as I got off stage, then they went to go deal with this emergency. But like I did not know, I did not have the tools. I still do not have the tools to be like, oh, can't make that funny. You know what I mean? It was just like, it was so wild. Like my face got like, Uh, like, and to say nothing of like, they're going through the worst experience of their lives. And you're trying to crack jokes. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I was, I I just couldn't, I was like, oh my God, I feel horrible. I just wanted to stop. Like, what do you, it was wild. It broke like every, like, when is it okay to continue a show? When should you stop a show? I didn't host the show. So I can't just be like, guys, like we got to, you know, let them leave. Like there's people like there's waiters there who are getting paid to serve them. So it's like, if I call the show, which I don't have the authority to do, do these people get paid? Like, it was just so wild. It was like an insane 10 minutes. And I was like, I think that's probably the worst Dude, I, I feel uncomfortable hearing that. St- I get like really bad secondhand embarrassment. And that makes me feel so uncomfortable. Dude, it was hearing that. That's horrible. horrible. And so then they leave. The show is over. And so these comedians who drove in for the show just performed in front of the other comedians. And it just turned into an open mic. And like, I was like, I like, I gotta go. Like, oh I gotta, <laughs> I gotta get out of here. I'm really sorry oh, for all of this. Man. And then my buddy who had referred me for the show, he's like, how was that show that I referred you for? And I was like, great, man. It went, like, no one ever needs so, to hear so about this. So good I don't want to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I never want to talk about this again. <laughs> That's horrible. Oh yeah, that was, the, that was the worst. Ooh. Um, all right. I, don't, I actually feel uncomfortable. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to know the worst, oh man. God. That's the absolute worst thing. Uh, and like, it, it was the worst thing that's happened to me on stage. Like, it was so much worse for them. Like, I don't... I, I don't know any of the situations. I don't know what happened after that. I was like, hey, I just like really sorry. Just got to head out of here. Hope oh, hope everything man. works hope out. Hope, girl, hope she's all right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. I need to change the topic. Oh, my um, God. Get us out of here. <laughs> um, all right. So what is like what's like the most frustrating part of it? Like, do you get like really like did you does it is it always I assume it's not always fun. Like we already talked about how it's a grind, but like. What do you find to be like the biggest challenge of it? Is it just how how many you have to do? Like just trying to win the crowd over every time? Like what do you find to be like the like the part that pisses you off the most, I guess? Um, this is I was just talking about this with another comedian, and by far the worst I think like the worst thing is like sitting through open mic comedy is brutal. Like it's I described it to my friend as like it's like emotional waterboarding. So it's like, I've been doing comedy for three years and I'm okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like I've been, I've gotten enough positive feedback where it's like, you know, people have booked me on shows. People have paid me to do comedy. So I'm better than nothing. You know, I'm slightly better than, you know, the person who is starting off. But at open mics, anybody can get on stage. Like some of them are sign up beforehand. Some of them are like bucket lotteries. So like you don't know when you're going to go up. But like if I want to get on stage today, I'm going to have to watch an hour of open mic comedy. It's probably like most of it's terrible. It's a lot of there are it's it's like anything else. There are people who are taking it so seriously and I watch them and I'm so inspired by them. And there are people who are like they're further along in their careers than me. And every time I watch them, like I get new insights and stuff. And it's like a breath of fresh air. Most of the time, it is horrible and unbearable to watch. I would say that I am probably unbearable to watch sometimes. You know, like (laughs) if I'm presenting new material or like that audience that I screamed at the other night, it wasn't pleasant (laughs) to watch me do comedy. Like I'm aware of that, but I open my comedians. We have to watch each other so often. So it's like if I know that Johnny fuck around is on the mic and Johnny fuck around gets on stage and I have to sit there and watch Johnny fuck around. I could say his jokes, you know, like my brain is so full of bad comedy that I can't even begin to describe it to you. And then like the disappointment of like seeing somebody who's like, Oh, I don't recognize that person. Maybe they're from LA. Maybe they're like a, a good person I've never seen before. And they get up on stage. And they're like, this is my first time doing comedy. And you're like, no, <laughs> God damn it. And it's like, so I, I, you guys watch Netflix. It's like, shut the fuck. Like, yes, everybody watches Netflix. Every fucking person watches the, you see the leaving Neverland. Yes. We all saw like, I just, it brings, I'm, it, it brings like, me to physical violence. It's like, it's like Jerry Seinfeld. Like, how about those? Yeah. Airports? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, there are times when it gets like violent. Like, there are people who 
I've seen people throw bottles at other people. Like, I mean, it's not always like the wild, wild west. Like it's usually uh, so monotonous and boring that it just like filters out of your head. But like, there are some people who are just like so cringy and they don't get any better and they open with the same jokes. Like there's this one guy who's been doing it forever. He's so, I'm not gonna say his name or the fucking joke, but he just opens, I'm gonna say the joke, fuck him. (laughs) (laughs) He gets on stage. (laughs) I'm not gonna say his name, but any open mic comedian is gonna know who this is. He gets on stage and his opening joke is, hey, I'm what Stephen Hawking would look like if he wasn't broken. Stephen Hawking is dead. Yeah, he's so he has been dead telling that joke for fuck. so long that like he told it when Stephen Hawking was alive. Stephen Hawking has died and he still opens with that joke. It's too soon. Dude, he tells that joke. He's like, hey, I'm what Stephen Hawking would look like if he wasn't broken. And you'll get like, peop- it's Does funny. he get a reaction? He looks like what Stephen Hawking would look like if he wasn't broken. So he's so, not lying. So people will be like, ha. And then he just goes like into the most misogynistic. Like <laughs> he says that it works. And then he just rambles every single time he's been doing it for as long as I've been doing it. Maybe not as like frequently as I've been doing it, but he just gets on stage, says that horrible joke. And then he's like, so I'm talking to my Brazilian girlfriend who I shipped in from Brazil. And she, she's like scared of me. She doesn't talk. He's like, wait, did you kidnap somebody? Like it's so <laughs> like, a joke, dude, yo, it's like, and no one can tell. And he has like no self-awareness. And it's like, I don't understand it. I don't get it. But you have to sit there and watch it. It's like, oh, it's so like that times like, that's the hardest part is watching bad comedy. I, I know I sound like snooty when I say it, but like other open mic comedians will be like, you yeah, know, watching bad comedy is the hardest part about. You don't think it up. makes you look better though? You don't think everyone's like, oh, that last guy sucks so bad that even if you have like an okay night, like you come off like you're just an absolute beast. Yeah, there are <laughs> nights like that where, you know, it happens uh, occasionally where I'll be like, you know, hey, I think I had like, if not the best performance, like a top three performance in that night. But then it's also like, what happens if you follow that guy? And then like everybody's just been like berated by this misogynist and material. And then I have to go up and I'm a man. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so just, everyone just thinks you're the same guy. Yeah. And so I have to go up and just be like, ah, I don't know what that guy was talking. You know, like, oh, like he was. He had some hot takes. Uh, so yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, it is. It's cool to like come out of an open mic uh, and be like. Oh, I think I had one of the better performances. And it's also cool to be like, oh, I didn't have one of the better performances because there were some fucking murderers, like people who like have just filmed Colbert sets, like people who are like nationally touring comedians. And I was like, that was, you know, so those like, those do occasionally happen. But usually at open mics, it's like, wow, that was horrible. Uh, I'm sorry I had to do that. And OK, I got another one. So I got to go and do all the same shit again. Damn. Um I've, you've only been doing it for three years, so you probably haven't seen like a change. But uh, I'm a big I'm a big Joe Rogan guy. I don't know if yeah. you are, but he always talks about like he's all he hates like PC culture and all that shit. So yeah, I always yeah, feel like yeah. that affects comedians a lot. So like obviously you're saying like the dude's making misogynistic jokes and it's probably cringy. But like, yeah. do you ever feel like like do you ever feel like it's tough? Like you don't know like where the line is sometimes because. I feel like sometimes like you think you're like, oh yeah, like that's clearly the line this clearly isn't, but then you'll say something that seems fine. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this isn't racism, misogynistic, isn't this, that, that. I think I'm good. And then you you somehow checked off this box you didn't even know existed. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I would say uh it yeah, it is well, yeah, because I didn't exist in the pre-PC culture. I think if you've got a good point to make, it it won't stop you if you're funny enough to like there's no thought police out there like i've said some horrible shit on stage and no one's ever tried to arrest me or anything and you know like there was one bar show i did and around my town and i was just like just didn't give a shit like my friends were there and i was just trying to make them laugh and i look over and i see somebody's filming my set and i was like if you knew how how little clout I have, you know what I mean? Like that is yeah. useless. <laughs> it's a waste of your time. You're going to be like, look at what this open mic comedian said. And you're gonna be like, yeah, that's what they fucking do. Like he's nameless. What are you? Yeah, you can't really get canceled. Yeah. It w- <laughs> Even if like, you say something bad. Yeah. I, I don't know what they are going to do with that tape. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I It has never like really affected me. I, I generally, my parents are really involved in my comedy and like, will come to see me and shit. And like my mom, like favorites tweets and shit. So I, I always try. And, um, I started like doing dark shit cause you're just trying to like shock people and like get them to pay attention to you. And then as you get like more adept at it, you kind of try and like weave in and out of these topics. So like, I would hate to do anything that would like make my parents uncomfortable or right. like have them look poorly 
looked poorly upon. So I, I generally try and keep away from like race and sexuality and all that stuff. Like I have jokes that like dip my toe in it. And I've seen there's this there's a joke that like I have where I reference like the joke is uh, it's a long graduation bit. I hate graduations. Like, yeah, they actually graduations are the fucking worst. they're horrible. Yeah. And I wrote a bit about that. And it's, you know, four minutes long. The punchline at the end, which is like it, if it goes well, it goes well. If it doesn't go well, it doesn't go well. Where I'm like, why are you at graduation? They're, you're there for the three seconds it takes for them to say your name. Right. So you can walk across. So like my last name is Polzello. They started announcing the P's. I'm like, all right, home stretch. And then two hours later, you're like, how many fucking Patels are there at this school? <laughs> that is a joke about there are a lot of Indian people. Well, yeah. So, yeah, so, so <laughs> there are a lot of that. Indian people on Earth. Like there's a billion. <laughs> there's a billion Indian people. It's not saying like, get these Indian people out of here. It's like, no, it's a very common last it's name. It's a very common it's last name for Indians. And it's, it's right before Polzello. Yeah. <laughs> and it's something that like it, at graduations were like in Glenrock where I grew up, there was like always a part where it was like, okay, here's a lot of names that are similar back to back to back to back. Yeah. And I was trying to make a joke about that. And it is a fine joke. I'm like not disparaging Indian people. Like I just chose Patel because it's a super it's just, common a, last it's, name. It's yeah. yeah. And I have had people very recently to show people just like, Ugh! and like tense up and they don't laugh. And I'm like, Ugh. guys, that is okay to say. Yeah, like, like I am not disparaging. I'm not saying like, like I'm not saying like kick him out of the country. I'm just saying like there's a lot of that is a name that last name. Yeah, that's that's, that's, a, <laughs> that's a very common last yeah, name. That's it. It's but like if you said Smith, it'd be the same shit because like, it is racially. Uh, it's a racial joke, and it's like the lightest racial joke. Like, yeah, you can't get any light in that. Yeah, that it's point. it's literally just like there are a lot of people named Patel. That yeah. is the punchline. Yeah. And so I've seen audiences like tense up, look around and be like, is it okay to laugh at that? And I've acknowledged that. I'm like, listen, it's okay to laugh at that. Like that yeah. is, so that's like really the only material that I have. Most of the other material is like self-deprecating towards me or self-deprecating towards like stupid things that people do. Uh, that's really the only thing that I have. It's kind of just like a right hook out of nowhere. Like, <laughs> I'm talking about graduation and it ends yeah. up like there's a lot of Patels. Like I'm proud of that joke. I tell it all the time. It's one of my strongest jokes, but there are times when people react like, <gasps> but then that's it. No one arrests me afterwards. Yeah. It's just like people are uncomfortable for a millisecond. They look around and then I tell my next fucking joke. Right. So. But you get away with it more like not being like a big name. Like if you, someone who's like a big name, like that literally could cause a huge problem. For oh which yeah, is like, absolutely. Which is, you know, that obviously could, it that shouldn't, could, but it yeah. does. Like, I could see somebody taking that and just like, you know, take that joke out of context is insanity. Right, like yeah. the the punchline is how many fucking Patels are there at this school? If you just took just that sentence, that, yeah. you could run a blog post of like, you know, Dan Polzello, like against Indians, like, you know, yeah. fucking white supremacist or whatever. Like, so I can see where that would come from, but I'm not at that level. And if anybody, if I was at that level and somebody wrote that thing, I'd probably be like, ah, whatever. You know, yeah, you're just, not, you could just keep doing it. And yeah, no one even know. I, I like this joke and maybe I'll outgrow it or maybe I'll look back and realize like, oh, maybe that wasn't poor taste. You know, maybe I am wrong and I'm incorrect. And that joke does cross the line. I don't believe that to be true now. Maybe in 20 years, you know, you look back in and be like, God, that was, that was horrible. You could get arrested for saying yeah. that shit today. But like, yeah. you know, that's that's as reckless as I get with it. Yeah, it's just definitely tough for comedians because it's always like you're, they're always, I feel like you're just always trying to toe. Not everyone does, but a lot of people are always trying to toe that line and people don't know where the line is. So it's always like. Makes yeah. It tough, and then yeah. that line is like your line is different from somebody else's line. Like I've had Indian people come up to me after the shows and be like, I'm Indian. And that was funny. And like. Thank you. Can you tell the fucking white people with tight assholes who are like so concerned? Like, yeah. tell them that you, you know, but like, yeah. it's, I, I can understand why people get tight right. over it. So, speaking of a graduation joke, you were obviously, you were at our graduation, right? Yeah. Do you remember no. that graduation speech? It was, dude, I, your graduation, oh do you graduate so with in Fred's year? Yeah. We, it was so windy that we just like went in the library right. and like, dude, it was like, it was Koki Roberts and her husband. I, I don't even know who, like, the, but the husband was talking about, like, it was supposed to be some inspiring story. I don't even remember what the premise was, but it was like a, yeah. it was like a girl, what the message was, but it was a girl who was, like, hiding during the Holocaust or yeah. something. But then he starts talking about her, like, 
getting like sexually assaulted. Oh and, like, my god! It's like, dude, like I'm at graduation, <laughs> happy, and you're telling me a dark story about the Holocaust and yeah. like a girl, like it's like that is a yeah, brutal. Know your audience. Yeah, yeah. like graduation suck as it is, and now yeah. you got now you're you're like making me depressed. Yeah. I just think they're so yeah, and then they're like they're so <laughs> overblown and like it's like so pompous and it's like ooh, like I just yeah. I had a very clear memory of for my graduation obviously like at the tail end of like an insane bender like i don't drink like that anymore but like you get into this fucking you they put you in garbage bags they put you in yeah it gar- actually like is. fucking garbage my gown was black like <laughs> in the sun like so fucking insane and i just remember like all these people like taking pictures with their like diplomas in their sh- shit it's like best day of my life it's like you were supposed to graduate college. Yeah, like, you, that's, a, that's you paid yeah. tens of thousands of we dollars. We were all for supposed piece to. Of paper, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not an accomplishment. It would have like that, and I had like I get worked up, and that's like why I wrote a joke about it. Is like because I get so worked up over that shit, where it's just like, <laughs> yeah, dude, you you crossed all the boxes. You know, like you signed up for this class, you got like a two point. You yeah, know what you I got mean? The like, average. You <laughs> did the bare minimum. I could see like the valedictorian, like. Yeah, obviously an accomplishment like holy shit like you know competing against everybody it's like a fucking anthropology degree from Washington College yeah, like, that's I dude I always ran about that like yeah. people go to Gettysburg and spending 60 grand to get an anthropology degree it's yeah. like if you want to do that that's fine but that is a waste of your money yeah, and time dude, I got a that's fucking crazy. psychology degree like not to show on anthropology psychology like I've never used it you know what I mean and yeah. like and I we were at college for different like i was there specifically to play lacrosse and then right. lacrosse ended i was like wait what like yeah. i thought <laughs> i was gonna go pro <laughs> no more lacrosse <laughs> so like i get and it's like you know it, it's a challenge for some people to like fund their kids to go to college and like i get that but like there is i just remember like looking and just be like yeah dude you did the thing you were supposed to do yeah why are you celebrating like right. this is why can't i just walk into the fucking register's office Get the diploma that I can use to apply to my next job. Like I just the, the hey, nobody wants to be there except the valedictorian, <laughs> pretty yeah, much. Yeah, and unless you're getting an award, like literally nobody cares. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. So and I I get real fired up about that. So that's why I wrote <laughs> that joke because I think anybody who's sat through a graduation recently is like, yeah, it was the worst fucking day of my life. Like yeah. my friend woke me up like not in my bed. I was in someone some far away bed from my house, and like this kid like shook me awake. It was like it's graduation. I was like I could sleep for 13 more hours right. <laughs> Right now and now i have to go sit in the fucking yeah, sit, sun sit in the baking sun you're yeah. hungover and you're, yeah you're in the blackout making it worse <laughs> yeah so it's and then so like within a bit it's like what are universal things like in my bit i shit on the valedictorian i shit on like <laughs> the outfits i shit on you know and then like yeah so that's that's where i don't know yeah, yeah, yeah. Graduation is horrible. I think that's what we were talking about. <laughs> Just shitting on graduation. Yeah. That's why I always say, that's why I always say it's dangerous about me starting a podcast or like making videos or anything because I'm just like, I try not to be, but I'm so inherently negative, like that angry Italian. So yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah, dude, yeah, I'm yeah. just going to get on the mic and just like shit on everyone. And everything. Yeah. and then like, it sounds fine in the moment. And then you're going to look back and be like, God, I was really no. harsh. But the thing is, as long as you shit on yourself, you're fine. Yeah. I don't think it's a, a super controversial opinion. Like graduations, graduations do suck. suck. Yeah. That's they a fact. That's not, so bad. It's not an opinion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is fact based. <laughs> Based on science, yeah, that I that I, I did research in my class. Yeah, I think I think uh, I would love to get like a national poll. It's like, do you like graduations? People would be like, even the parents would be like, no, dude. Like my parents have sat through, fucking four kids. All of us went to college. That's like thirty graduations. Like it, it loses. <laughs> That's true. Its, yeah, because you yeah the high school, the college. Yeah, yeah, it loses its fucking spark after the, the first fifteen. Um. All right. Uh, I'm trying to think, we've been going for a while. What do you think about like, what's the biggest mistake a comedian can make? Um, I would say, and it's a mistake. Uh, it's I don't think it's the biggest mistake, uh, but a mistake that I've been making a lot lately is so like you like I get real negative talking about open mics because they're hell. It's like any person, if you ask Arnold Schwarzenegger how he, what he thinks about the gym, he probably still hates it, you know, like yeah. lifting and tearing, you're tearing your muscles. So like I sit at these open mics and I stew in it and I'm like, oh, bad comedy, bad comedy. Like I got to get on a fucking train after this and like go home and like all that shit and getting on stage and forgetting that I'm trying to make people happy. Yeah, if you go in like negative, yeah, like and so that is something that energy. It's a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a mistake that I've been making a lot lately, 
where it's like, it is such a grind that like I get on stage sometimes and like, I'm just like, I'm here to work on jokes. And it's like, but if you don't have joy when you're saying those jokes or like a happiness, like, you know, there are some people who can, you know, their style is like Bill Burr gets on stage. He's like furious. There, there's still a connection. They still like him. So like he can go to those dark places, but like you have to establish that initial connection first. Uh, and to go on stage and be like, I'm pretty smart. Here's all the things that it's like, no, like get on stage, connect with the audience. Like, Hey, we've been here for a while. It's late. Like, you know, connect with them and then take them on the journey. And a mistake that I keep making as I get on stage, I'm like, all right, here are my fucking jokes. I'm already in my brain, already on the train back to Jersey. Right. And it's like, so you have to, um, you have to like make that connection. The connection's there. Good. Here are the jokes. And like, that's just a misstep that I keep making. Cause I'm just like, fuck, I just don't want to be here. I would so much rather be watching March Madness and like fucking. That's true. We're missing games right now. Yeah. Or just like, (laughs) or like hooking up with a girl, you know what I mean? Or like any, I would rather be doing anything than this. And sometimes I get on stage and that shows and you have to, you know, I have to fight that and just be like, well, nope, this is a joy. And people, there are coal miners out there who don't want to be coal mining. And this is something that I'm privileged enough to get the opportunity to try. I should be grateful and be happy on stage. So I fuck that up and I see other people fuck it up too. So. Right. It's also like, you know, if you're trying to, like you're trying to be successful in comedy. So obviously at some point it's going to suck. If it, if it didn't suck, everyone would just do it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There so. are. And like, yeah. And so you try and surround yourself with like good people. Like I have good comedy friends who I could like, cause I'm venting now, but like to people who don't know anything about comedy, it's like impossible to talk to them about. So like, right. Yeah. Cause like, I don't get it. You're yeah. just, you're, you're talking to me, but like, I really don't understand it. Yeah. So like, I'll get, you know, so you have to like get like a good friend group to be like, Hey, listen, this insane thing happened to me. No one in the outside world is going to understand it. And they'll be like, yeah, I understand that. You're not insane for thinking that yeah. that was a horrible thing. That occurred. <laughs> yeah. That's, I don't know. That's like, I, I always get like, but I get like parallel when I get like frustrated with something like anything for me, I'm always like, I just avoid it. But yeah. I feel like comedy, you just can't. Cause like you have to get on stage. You know what I mean? There's like yeah. no way to avoid it. Like me, like some things like I'll just be like, Oh, like I don't know how to do that. And I'll just like put it off and procrastinate. And I feel like, yeah, you know, that always like, uh, that always happens to me at least, but yeah, comedy, you can't, you can't procrastinate getting on stage. Like, right. Once you're, you're on stage, you're on stage. You're it's on like, you gotta stage. do it. You can't get on stage and be like, actually, can we, can I just do this like in five hours? So like, yeah, when I'm in a better mood, <laughs> feel better. And yeah. like, there's other have shit. A coffee. Yeah. There's other shit. I'm in a fight with my girlfriend right now. So like, it'd be great if we could just, if I could settle that and then I could get on. But it's like, nope, you're on stage. Here you go. Go. And yeah. it's like, oh, okay. Um, and then I guess it's like pretty similar, but what advice would you give yourself like when you first started? Granted, it wasn't that long ago, but yeah. there's anything you would, or like anything you would change in how you approached like starting comedy or anything like that? Um, I think I got off to a pretty good start um, because like I started by like taking a bunch of classes, like learning as much about it as possible. And like, so a big thing that comedians don't do often in the beginning is like record yourself. So like I record every set, I try and listen back to it. Um, yeah, I would say just like you're you're not shit. I would say that. I wish I knew how not shit you are starting. Like, cause it's one thing to be like, yeah, okay, everybody's starting from the bottom, but like, come on, you know, like I've been, yeah, I'll get yeah, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so it it was like I I would probably sit myself down and be like, no, really, you are not shit, and just like shake it, like shake myself until I realize like, oh, I'm at the bottom of the bottom of the pyramid, like. Uh, just like some more humbleness. And, you know, I think I'd still struggle with it. Like, you know, me talking about like, oh, I have to watch bad comedy and all that shit. Um, but it would, it would just it would just be like, hey, you're not shit. And then I'd be like, yeah, no, I know. But it's like, no, no, no. There's this thing inside of you that thinks that like, <laughs> you know, like you, yeah, you yeah. do think you are, but yeah, you're not. <laughs> it's like, no, you really are not shit. Like <laughs> that would just be it. It would just be like a 45 minute conversation. And my younger self would probably still be like, all right, yeah, yeah I get it. But like still like, <laughs> like come on so it would be like an hour now it might just get to like physical blows of like literal like, yeah, wh- whoever comes out on top after the yeah fight. <laughs> just like I'm, seriously you're not shit so that would be my thing if you're thinking of starting comedy you're not shit i'm three years in i'm also not shit so uh humble yourself before the comedy gods but at some point you will. <laughs> yeah, but, 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 on, but I'll get there. But point. come on, come on, man. I'm on a podcast. Like, <laughs> come on, come on. Like, I'm seriously. Uh, hopefully, you get on a much cooler podcast at some point. This is this is a very low clout podcast. No, <laughs> it is the thousands uh, and quillions of people that'll right. be 
listening to it and uh, eleven thousand Russian bots. Who it, <laughs> yeah, that I that I just paid too. for. You look at you look at you like you're who's listening to this? It's like wow, I'm very popular in Moscow. <laughs> How did that 100 happen? Hundred downloads in Moscow. Um, who's the coolest person you've ever like done a set with? Like in the same show? Uh, I got bumped by Jim Gaffigan. That was cool. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that's like understandable too. You'd be like, all right. Yeah, uh, I was like working. So like you were talking about like bringers before, like uh, bringer is a show at a club where they're like new comedians can perform tonight, but you have to bring five people because they need to guarantee a crowd. Yeah, to make it worth it to pay you. Yeah, because no, why would I pay money to see somebody who's never done anything before? So like the bringer model is horrible and I'm trying to like claw my way out of it. But like occasionally if there is a club I'm trying to get in at, I'll do a bringer there and hopefully like, you know navigate that like the the only club that i'm past that to perform late night at is the comic strip so like i did a bringer to perform in front of the manager the manager liked me and then so like i was doing uh i was doing i was working for a bringer so it was a show where you bring people and there's like a manager who like makes sure that all the people are brung determines the order like managing a show there's a lot of shit that can happen like this person's late okay can this person go up there's somebody who has to make those decisions so that was me that night uh, or I think I was like training. I don't think I was even working for it at that point. And then we were at Eastville Comedy Club, which is now in Brooklyn, and it was in the East Village. And uh, Jim Gaffigan just walked in, and it's just understood like, oh, Jim lives near here. Yeah. He's so going if he to, ever rolls in, yeah, he's going yeah. to go up and perform. The show that we had has an hour and a half slot. Immediately, they're like, we need to make twenty minutes for Jim Gaffigan, and so they're like, Dan, you are not going up tonight. And I was like. I understand. <laughs> like, no at, no, at no point was I going to be like, fuck this shit and fuck you, Jim. Like, Jim, <laughs> yeah. Jim, Jim, hey, Gaffigan, Jim, who do you think you are? Jim Gaffigan is a very large human being. Like, he played, like, football in college. Like, people don't realize, like, how gigantic of a man he is. But, like, so that was cool. Like, um, people just being like, yeah, you are not on the show tonight because Jim Gaffigan is performing. And it's like, that sentence is an absurd thing cool. to hear from You somebody. and him in the same sentence is pretty sick. Yeah, so we, and then he did his set and like i watched him and like that was uh that was really cool just to see him like studying his notes before you know all of like it was like word documents that he printed out and like highlighted and written shit like it's you know it's we were doing the same process obviously he's doing it at a level that is enough to support a family of like 15 kids that he has <laughs> he just keeps popping out kids does he actually it's, uh, i think it's probably like six but at this, at this day and especially age, today that yeah, is 15 a kids that's a lot uh yeah so that was uh that was really cool i got to like he and he, he was so nice to everybody like shook everybody's hands and he looks in and he's like what's the room like and it's like it doesn't matter what the yeah who cares <laughs> who cares how the crowd is you're jim fucking gaffigan i, I paid like a hundred dollars yeah. to see you at like a theater in times square like yeah. five years ago or whatever so I mean, that's, yeah, that's what's cool about doing comedy in Manhattan is like you could be playing pickup and LeBron can just show up. Right. And that, there's that not, is true. Yeah. Cause they just walk into stuff yeah, all there's, the time. That's like normal. There's yeah. not really any other occasion. Like I've had people hosting shows and Jerry Seinfeld showed up and they just like introduced Jerry Seinfeld and then performed after Jerry Seinfeld. Like it is rare. And, but like when it does happen, it's like, oh, that's really fucking cool. So yeah. that's probably the coolest thing that's, that I've done. And right. I didn't do anything. Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> yeah, I just got kicked off. Jim Gaffigan <laughs> did it. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. All right. Um, oh, didn't you didn't you do a show with like Francis from Barstool or something? Yeah, yeah. I did uh I did a show. I've done I think one I think I've done like two or three shows with him. So my buddy Tommy O'Regan is a very funny comedian. He opens on the road for Francis. That's cool. Um, and so I know Tommy, I know Francis, and I was I was producing a show at the comic strip where I was like, uh, I went to the strip and was like, hey, I work for a nonprofit. Would you guys want to do a fundraiser for me? I had a buddy of mine, Eric Newman, introduced me to the manager at the comic strip, and she was like, we would love to do, we would love for you to do a fundraiser. And I was like, cool. Um, so it's like, I was like, okay, now how can I make as much money on this as possible to get money for this great cause and like fill the the room up? So it was like about trying to get like big names in there. And I was like, well, Tommy performs with Francis. Like, let me ask Tommy. Tommy asked Francis. He hooked, uh, introduced us or whatever. And I was like, would you want to do this? Here's X amount of dollars. Like, and he was like, yeah, for sure. That sounds good. And he went up on the show and like did really well. And so uh, if I see him, I'll like say hi to him. But like that's pretty right. much my 
uh, interaction with him, but I look up to him a lot. He was like, talk about like grinding. Like he was before he got like the Barstool Idol thing, he was doing exactly the same shit as me. So yeah, I would, I would like his career. Uh, yeah, he's got a pretty nice gig now. Yeah. Oh yeah, and then he's doing uh, a, a theater. He's like filming like an hour long special, and Tommy is my friend. Tommy is going to open up for him at like the Wilbur. Theater. I see it's a Wilbur, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's gonna be fucking dope, and uh, you know, good luck to them selling. Uh, they'll sell the place out. It's gonna be yeah, yeah. It's gonna be a really good show. Um. All right, we've been going for a while. Is there anything I should have asked that I did not ask? Uh, no, I mean, maybe we could just settle the payment so you can give me my <laughs> speaking fee of $1,500. We could settle that now. That's how much I charge. Uh, no, man, this has been good. Thanks for having me. Uh, I can't think of any questions. All right. That, um, then uh, the last thing I also, this is the other thing I decided I'm going to have people who come on do i asked for so like the background i didn't give you wife like the song or artist recommendation oh or whatever. Yeah, yeah 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 so like i make like pl- like pretty much like workout playlists and i focus a lot on music discovery so i'm gonna try and like weave that into uh, this okay so cool so workout playlists yeah i i had uh one of my favorite artists is a uh, british hermit who doesn't perform live so that's not good workout music no it doesn't uh, have to be workout music i don't, I don't even want it to be workout music yeah, actually I, I need to find new music so it could be anything any genre so for, whatever you want. for usefulness uh run the jewels is a uh rap group it's killer mike and lp do you know run the jewels yeah oh my god fucking killer mike's cool too he's like yeah a really he's dude. like a real active dude uh run the jewels is my jam i've been listening to them like since college like me and I, anytime they're around, I go and see them live. They're like fucking funny dudes too. Like Fred, my brother bought uh, tickets to go see. It was Lord was headlining. Lord's sick. Lord is dope. Wait, Lord headlined and run, run the, the jewels, jewels open, open for them. That makes no and sense. And so Fred saw that and he was like, okay, this is a typo. He looks into it. It's like, no, <laughs> Yo, no, no. no run the jewels is opening for Lord. Those are not the same crowds. In Newark, New Jersey. And <laughs> so he, it was, it was for my birthday. God, it must have been a year ago. It was for my birthday last year. And Fred was like, this is right up Dan's alley because it's hysterical. And you know Run the yeah, Jewels, so yeah. you know that it is That makes no sense. Insane. <laughs> so and dumb. so they get on stage and they acknowledge like, yeah, it is fine. We don't know why we're here either. They They're paying it. us. Yeah, they pitched it as like, uh, we're like the we're like the drunk, cool uncles at a wedding. <laughs> but like you give them the mic and they hang onto the mic for too long. And they just like kept referring, like, like their, their songs are just like, like lyrics like run naked backward through a field of dicks like <laughs> fucking shooting dogs in the face like so over the That's, top and then, then like, i would feel uncomfortable because yeah. there's probably like younger girls that like yeah, this lord dude, show and like, and so you look around and it's like okay there are 10 people here to see run the jewels yeah. and like me and fred were and so like everybody else is sitting down it's like moms and daughters and like i'm standing up just like i know all the lyrics all our songs i'm just like fucking going wild they found such a live like good live performance um so yeah run the jewels and if you can go see them live like they're so fucking funny like they're really they're so energetic and like everything is just like a a fucking banger i try and get as many people into their uh into their army as possible how was lord's performance lord crushed it we stuck around like (laughs) you you go for run the jewels you stick around for lord like and with her like they're when you're at that level of like she's performing in arenas so it's like to go from like if you're performing in a coffee shop you just need like a fucking guitar and it's like in a theater okay now we need lights and stuff and now an arena it's like they had a fucking giant glass box like like as big as this apartment like a a big so glass small. box so <laughs> tiny so <laughs> a minuscule really tiny picture the size of a fridge no it was like <laughs> it was like literally like a bus sized glass box and they just had like the dancers like thrown around in there. All these dancers were so talented. Lord is not a good dancer. Oh, wait. So that's the thing. Dude, that's crazy because, sorry to cut you off. I went to, I was at LA for a festival. It's like Camp Vlog. Now, like, I'm obsessed with Tyler, the creator. It's his yeah. festival. Oh, he's the best. And so Kanye and Kid Cudi headlined and they did the same thing. They put the box. It was up in the, was it up in the air? Yeah. Yeah. So they were performing in a box up in the air. Yeah. I saw the videos of Kanye just like spazzing out. Yeah. yeah that's yeah, what yeah, I, that's yeah. what I saw. Yeah. But then Lord called him out. Like you, oh. you stole my stage oh, design. Oh my goodness. That's funny. That's outrageous. Yeah. And like, I wasn't drinking at the time either. So it's like concerts when you're like, like drunk and stuff are just like so wild. And so like, I'm looking at this concert as a sober person and being like, 
Wow, like that is a very tasteful thing that they. <laughs> That's pretty artistic. As opposed to like going, like getting fucked up and going to PNC, and it's like, did I even did Drake go on stage? <laughs> like, I don't remember a second. So like, and then to watch Lord, like, uh, so you have this like giant glass box, and like the dancers are performing in it. The wires pull it up, and like it's a rectangle, and they tilt it like straight ways, and so they're like hanging on the handles That's and shit crazy. and dancing, and like, I was just like, that is. Like, and I love Lord's music as well, but to watch that, I was like, these guys are fucking athletes. Yeah. Like the girls are like shredded, like, holy fuck. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. So that was Lord, go, go see Lord and Run the Jewels the next <laughs> so, time there. So the music recommendation is Lord, not Run the Jewels. <laughs> <laughs> no, Run the Jewels to listen to Lord puts on a, a hell of a, a hell of a performance. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. I guess that's it. Thank you for joining. Uh, I should actually, I should go see you soon, probably. I think that's the we'll, next step. Yeah, we'll get a, uh, I, I have a show coming up in New York Comedy Club, which I'll probably want people to come out to. Uh, yeah, I do, you know, Mike's horrible shows and good shows. So it's like, you could come to the next open mic, but like, <laughs> I would not want to put you through that. But like, uh, I think I just, in April uh, 30th or something, I'm doing like a cool show. One of my friends asked me to, host his like fundraiser that's open to the public so we'll probably nice. try and get people out for that all right cool yeah. nice all right looking forward to that and uh thanks for coming on and fuck fred yeah fuck fred <laughs> <laughs>